Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. It is so good. It is, there is nothing like being in the presence of God. There is nothing like being in his presence this morning. We are so excited that you're here today, and we are excited to honor all the fathers that have, are here today that are watching online. Could we put our hands together for these incredible men? We, we honor you. We honor you. We're, we're excited that you're here. While you're standing, I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. Thank you, worship team. Genesis 12, we're going to read four verses. While this message is directed to our fathers, to the fathers in this place, there, I do believe that there is a word for everyone in this place. The Lord said, had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and, I will, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Heron. Father, we thank you for this privilege to be here today. We thank you for your word. Let it be glorified in our lives today. Let it have weight. Let it find us. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated for just a few moments. Abram was undoubtedly a wealthy citizen of Ur of, Ur of the Chaldees. And he knew what a prosperous life was. He had a house, he had property, he had a family, he had land, he had all of this. But amongst all this, he lived among pagan people who worshipped the moon. But in his sovereign grace, in his sovereign grace, God called Abram for his purpose. It didn't have to be Abram, but God chose him. I'm so glad he called me. I'm so glad he called you. Aren't you glad he called you this morning? While we were caught up in whatever we were caught up in, mixed up with all sorts of people that we shouldn't have been mixed up with, far from God, but he called us. He called us bad friends, bad choices, bad decisions, bad influences, but he still called us. Stuck in our own way, stuck in no way, held hostage by the chains of bondage and by sin and addiction, but he still called us. It didn't matter how, how hurt we were. It didn't matter what we were involved in. When he called, oh, what a day that was. That we answered and heard him. He called us regardless of what stood in the way through the obstacles and through the barriers that presented themselves. He called. He looked past it all and said, I have chosen you and I have a purpose for you. I'm glad he called this day. If there is nothing else that we can thank him for, I'm glad that he called, that he chose us, he sanctified us, he filled us with his spirit. He took us out of the miry clay and he put our feet 
on the rock and he put a praise in our mouth and he put a garment of praise for the cloak of heaviness and he replaced the ashes for beauty. I'm glad he called us because while my life doesn't look perfect and while my life doesn't look the way it should be, I'm glad I'm not where I used to be. I'm glad that I have progressed in Jesus. I'm glad that I have progressed in him. He called Abram. He called Abram, and while he grew up in an idolatrous culture that was void of God, had no recollection of it all at all, he had no knowledge, he had no working knowledge of who God was in his life, he had no Bible to instruct him, and he had no community to be able to gather with. He didn't have an example of what it looked like to live for God. He, he couldn't look to his right, he couldn't look to his left and say, that's what it looks like. There was no one like that around. He didn't have other Christians to relate to, but yet he had the faith to hear God's voice. He had the faith to hear God's voice, and everything changed in that moment because he obeyed. He obeyed. Faith obeys. Abraham obeyed. He said, I'll go. Wasn't, there was no hesitation. There was no reluctancy. He said, I'll go. I don't know where, but I will go. I'm, every step that he took, I'm looking for a city whose builder and whose maker is God. And I don't know what it looks like, but I do know that the one who called me is going to lead me there. He will take me there. I'm going to obey. And I have to admire him for it. I have to admire Abraham for Abram for it because God didn't call his grandparents and he didn't call his parents and he didn't go to church because someone invited him. He, he didn't have any of these connections, but he, he didn't have any of it, but he just had the innate ability to hear God's voice and to obey it. He had faith. He had faith to step out and say, this is new for me. This is uncharted territory. I've never seen anything like this before, but I do know that I have heard God's voice. He had faith in the invisible. He had faith in the unmovable. He had faith in the unshakable. He had faith in the undeniable God, the God that said before Abraham was, I am. Not I was, but I am. I'm glad that he is. He still is. He still is holy, and he still is sovereign. He still is mighty. He is still incomparable. He is still exalted. He is still powerful. He is still God. He says, it in his word. I am the Lord, and besides me there is no other. Not only does faith obey, but faith knows who he is. Faith stands. After faith obeys, faith stands. Yes, it does. Abraham was the epitome of fatherhood. He was the example, the prime example of what it looked like to be a father because God called him to be a father before he had any children. He called him and he said, I'm going to make you great. Leave your kindred. That's all you have to do. It's easier said than done. What God has called. But my question to you this morning, and not just to the fathers, but to everyone, what has God called you that you have yet to attain? 
What has God called you to that you have yet to attain? You see, Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. I know you can't experience it just yet. I know you can't embrace it. You can't wrap your, your mind and your heart around it. But it is going to be something that will take place in your life. What has God called you to? What has God called you to be that you have yet to be able to attain free? but yet you're still struggling with sin. Healed, but there's still sickness in your body. Better, but you're still battling with stuff. Could I challenge you to turn your focus on what he has called you to be and not what your current situation says about you? His word says, if you obey, you are the head and you are not the tail. His word says that you are above and you are not beneath. His word says that you are blessed in your going in and his word says that you're blessed in you're going out. It doesn't matter if you're coming or going. His, the word says you are blessed. His word says that you are a royal priesthood. His, his word says that you are a chosen generation and a peculiar people. His word says that you are more than a conqueror through him who died for us. His word says just because you're not there today, just because you don't feel free, just because you don't feel delivered, it doesn't mean that it is not out of reach. Just because, what has he called you to, uh, that, that you can thank him in faith today and say, God, you've called me for greatness. And even though I'm stuck right here, I know that better days are ahead. I know that greater days are ahead because you are a God of the impossible. You are a God that can do anything. You are God that can do anything. He called him to be a father, and there's this huge disconnect, and there's this huge gap in between what God is telling him he's going to be and where he's at. And that may be you this morning, but find encouragement in his word that, his, that his, if he says it, he will do it. And just because you're not there yet doesn't mean that you're on your way. You're going to be a father. He called him before that because he knows the end from the beginning. But there comes a point in our lives where we have to declare it ourselves. And we have to believe it ourselves. And we have to work towards it ourselves. And we have to ensure that our actions align with what God is saying. What are you confessing? What are you declaring? What are you speaking over your life? The Bible says that on, in the power, on the power of the tongue lies, lies the power of life and death. The tongue has the power to build up and the, the tongue has power to bring down. That's why the Bible says, let the, let the poor say, I am rich. And let the weak say, I am strong. You have to declare and you have to believe something greater than what you find yourself in this morning. You have to believe what his word says over your emotions. You have to believe what his word says over what you feel. You have to believe what he says over what the evidence that is around you says. You have to believe what he says even when it seems to not be true. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, it says like this, the word of God came to the people of Israel and it said, Sing thou barren woman. Sing thou woman that has not been able to have children. Sing. It doesn't make sense in this particular context because 
because the world that you and I live in is we thank God for things that he's done, but it's difficult to thank him for what he has not done. It's easy, it's hard for us to look around and for other people to be blessed and for other people to be enjoying what what seems to be a a good life and us ask ourselves, uh, why am I stuck in this situation? Why am I stuck in this position? But the Bible came to the the people of Israel that found themselves in an estranged setting and he said, sing thou barren woman. In other words, you have to rejoice before it happens. You have to be glad about it before it happens. You have to act like you are already receiving it. And then it said, extend yourself to the right and extend yourself to the left. You, you have to enlarge the place, enlarge your dwelling place. In other words, God's, God's word came to his people challenging them and say, yes, you've found yourself in a difficult position and things have not always gone your way, but can you sing before it happens? Can you declare it before it takes place? Can you praise God in advance for what he is going to happen, not what he has done because I find myself desolate, I find myself lonely, I find myself frustrated, I find myself without any company, but but I'm thanking God for what he is going to do. I, I can be I can be excited about it. Sing. Can you praise him for the unknown? No, not that everything is going your way. You feel like God is taking care of everyone, but you, everyone's advancing, everyone's being promoted. You feel left out, but can you praise him for the uncertainty in your life? Can you praise him for the areas that you're not so sure of? Can you praise him in faith? Abram, Abram is chosen. He's called, he he goes and, and the truth is that God could have chosen someone easier to work with than Abram. And when I look at my life, God could have chosen someone else. And maybe you feel the same way. And I, but it's grace and his goodness. God chose Abram with the odds stacked against him. His wife was barren. She's past the, the childbearing age. He, is, he has the inability or he doesn't have the ability to have children. And God waits until all the odds are stacked against him. He doesn't call him when he's 30. He doesn't call him when he's 40. He doesn't call him when he's 50. He calls him at 74, but now he's speaking to him and he's 99 years old. He waits till the odds are stacked against him. I'm grateful that the odds that were stacked against me didn't stop him. I'm grateful that the odds that are stacked against you don't stop him from working in your life this morning. I'm so grateful for a God that is willing to look past failures and mistakes and poor choices. I'm glad for, for, the, for the God that we see in John chapter 11 that when Martha is taking Jesus to the tomb of Lazarus and he says, and Martha says, hold on, he's been dead for four days and his body smells and Jesus doesn't, keeps on going. I'm glad for a God that the stink doesn't stop him. I'm glad for the the stinky situations in our lives that didn't stop the great God Almighty from coming to our lives. I'm grateful for a God that chose not to be born in an inn. No, but he chose a manger full of dung, full of of all this filth, and he said, I can be born in the filth, and, and I can be born in the mess. He can be born in your mess. He can be born in your mess today. I'm grateful for a God that says it doesn't matter what odds have been stacked against you, I can still work 
I can still work. I can still work. Abraham, Abram believed God and he was called a friend of God. And I don't want you to think for just one moment that he was perfect. By no means he lied about who Sarah was in his life. He didn't have it all together. He took Lot with him even when God told him not to. He had all kinds of mess ups. But like Abram, in spite of bad decisions and in spite of trying to do things our own way, instead of trying to manipulate and maneuver and try to work it out, God still, the one factor that made all the difference in Abram's life was God. God did not give up on him. God had to call him out sometimes and put him back on track, but I'm glad that for a God that puts us back on track, I'm glad that God put him back on track, and I'm grateful for that moment in my life that he picked me up, and he turned me around, and he placed my feet on solid ground. And it's not that he did anything right, but it's that he did a few things. It's not that he did anything wrong, but it's that he did a few things right. He believed God. He believed God. Do you believe God in the midst of the evidence that is stacked against you, in the midst of all the trials, in the midst of everything? Do you believe his word over what society says, over what culture says, over what the doctor's report says? Do you believe God in the midst of it all? He believed God. He chose to believe him. It was a choice. He chose to believe him. Abraham believed. When you can look at the evidence that seems impossible in your life and say, God, I still believe you. When you, look, when you can look at everything and say, God, I still believe that you're faithful. He believed in his faithfulness. Abraham believed and God blessed him. Abraham had the ability to listen to the voice of God. Leave your kindred. He left on one word and kept walking and kept walking and kept walking. And every step he took, I'm, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you. He didn't, he didn't ever reach a point of frustration where he said, it's not going to happen. From the time he was called, 74 years old, to the time that God tells him, you're going to have a child. He, he told him, I'm going to make you a father when he was 74. Now he's 99, and now he's still being spoken of this promise. There is a delay, but it, just because he's delayed doesn't mean that he's denied. Just because you're delayed doesn't mean you are denied. He had a faith that endured. So now, so now Abram is 99. He has waited all his life for a child. They laughed at the promise of God. When God spoke to him, God has taken him through this journey. journey. And in Genesis chapter 17, the Bible says that in the midst of the promise, he changes his name and he says, you're Abram, which means exalted father. But now you're going to be Abraham, which means the father of many nations. He changed his wife's name from Sarai to Sarah. He, he said, for what I'm going to do in your life, it requires a, a name change. Your, your destiny is not going to be an exalted father, but your destiny is going to be a father of many nations. He changes his name and all of a sudden here comes the moment. Abram's 99. Sarah is 90. They have a child. They have a child. And can you imagine how tender and how careful he, 
he was with Isaac. And knowing I've waited all my life for this. All my life for this. But for some of us, it's a point of frustration in our lives where God is telling us and God is telling us. And it feels like there is no progress. Abram could have said, first you've told me I'm going to be a father of many nations. Then you tell me, then you change my name and call me that. But I am still not even a father of one. What is the impossible situation in your life today that you have felt that you're never going to get there? I'm never going to be healed and I'm never going to be whole. My mind will never be be at rest and my spirit will never be restored what my heart will never be mended what is it in your life that that God has said and you feel like some time has gone by it's never going to get better and you say I'm never going to overcome this temptation I'm still struggling with what I've been struggling I'm never I'll never have my joy again don't stop believing don't stop believing don't stop trusting and believing that God can do it Abraham did not stop And in his case, years go by. Sarah's Sarah's body is in no condition, but yet here comes Isaac. Can you imagine how careful he was? And then God calls him again. And he says, take your son. Take your only son. And And I have to admire Abraham because Abraham, because he didn't think twice. Immediately. He prepares Isaac, and they walk up. Sarah possibly asks, where are you going? The boy and I shall go and worship, and we shall return. Abram, Abraham didn't think twice. Isaac's saying, I see the knife. I see the altar, but where is the sacrifice? And every step that they took, that's when Abraham tells his son, don't you worry, the Lord will provide. I I know who has called me. You see, Abraham looked at all his life and said, he called me at 74. I'm I'm past. I'm over 100 now, but I've seen God's faithfulness. And he didn't question the faithfulness of God. And that's where some of us struggle sometimes is that we've seen God at work so much. And we've seen him do incredible things, but we still doubt and we still question. Abraham said, no, I I know who called me. He didn't think twice. The Lord shall provide. Abraham knew what God asked of him, but his answer still reflected the faith that he had. So they walk up this mountain that we would know as Golgotha. Don't panic, Abraham. It's just a test. He ties up his boy and all of a sudden raises the knife. And then the Bible says that the angel of the Lord called to him and said, hold your knife. There is a sacrifice. There's a ram that's tied up in the thicket. God did not need Isaac. Only his son Jesus could could provide the atonement for the remission of sins. It wasn't Isaac's, but it was just a test to see God. Abraham, Abraham, will you believe me? with what I have trusted in your hands. Hold your hand. There is a sacrifice just in the time of need. God will provide. Abraham shows us why he is elected the father of many nations, that while he was strong, that while he was masculine, even greater, Abraham was flexible. 
Abraham was flexible. Abraham did not doubt. Abraham did not question. If God says, take your boy, I'll do it. If God says, raise the knife, I'll do it. If God says, hold your hand, I'll do it. Even when he could not and did not understand what God was doing, he believed God when it didn't make any sense. And in Genesis 22, 11, that is when the angel of the Lord called to him. The Bible says the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He replied. I do not lay a hand on the boy. That's when this takes place. Don't do anything now. Now that I know you fear God because you have withheld, you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. He understood that there was a reverence to God that could only be expressed through this particular act. He knew who God was and because he was obedient and took him up there and he was obedient in the calling, God called him a second time. God called him a second time. And in verse 22, in chapter 22 and verse uh, uh, 7, verse 15, I'm sorry, he said, the angel of the Lord called out of, of heaven to Abraham a second time. The first time it was, hold your hand. The second time, because you survived it. Because you survived it. I want to tell you today that you can survive it. I want to tell you that maybe it has been a season of difficulty in your life. Maybe it's been a season of doubt and a season of questioning. But you can survive it. You can live to tell how you came out of it. In verse 17, he says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me God said you know what I called you and I asked you for this and you did not doubt you did not question you went through with it and because you survived it now I'm going to give you double for your trouble I'm going to bless you I'm going to multiply you and this is the problem for many of us here today that there is a call of God for our obedience and we struggle in that that season and we struggle and some of us may be tempted to give up that we never reach the second calling but the second calling is where God says because you survived it and because I can see that you fear me now I can bless you now I can do in your life a great and mighty work and I want to speak to everyone in this this place this morning that finds themselves between the first calling and the second calling and there's a whole bunch of trouble and there's a whole bunch of heartache and there's a whole bunch of problems and there's a whole bunch of questions and doubt and situations that you've never faced before if you can just believe God a little bit longer and if you can just stay the course and have a faith that endures and says God I don't know why I'm going through this but I'm going to trust you anyway we need a Shadrach Meshach and Abednego kind of faith a faith that will tell King Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar we will not bow down to the idol that you have constructed. Our God is able to deliver. Our God is able to pick up. Our God is able to heal. Our God is able to restore. Our God can do what your God cannot do. Your God has hands but cannot touch and cannot your God has feet but cannot move but our God, he can move mountains and he can make a way where there is no way. But I love Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego because they said our God is 
is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not bow down. We need a faith that says, even if you don't heal me, even if I still struggle, you're still God. I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to glorify you because there's no one like you. There's no one like you. I want to invite the worship team to come. Where are you? Maybe you're stuck in the middle this morning. Stuck somewhere between the first and the second calling. And you're asking yourself, God, will I ever be better? Will I ever, will I ever smile again? Will I ever be happy again? Will I ever have your joy back in my life? I want to challenge you this morning that if you could just keep believing and trust in the God that called you, that he is faithful. That if you reflected on every moment of your life and that if you reflected on the situations that you have found yourself in and seen God's faithfulness as a testament of his provision, as a testament of his care for you. This testament that we're not where we should be, that we're not where we need to be, but we're not, that we are progressing in God. The prophet Samuel. First Samuel chapter seven and verse 12. They're on a journey. And the Bible says that Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shen, between where he was at, between where he was going. He took a stone and he placed it and he called it Ebenezer, which means up until this moment, up until this moment, God has helped us. Up until this moment, God has helped us. It's not that it's been absent of tears, absent of hurt, absent of rejection, absent of frustration. No, there's been sleepless nights. There's been nights where we've worried and we've stressed. There's been nights of anxiety. There's been moments of weakness. No, it hasn't been perfect. But up until this moment, God has been faithful. Up until this moment, you have sustained me. Up until this moment, you've kept me. And I look back and I recall all that you have done in my life, that the experiences and everything. And that you, the reason that I am still standing is because there's a purpose in my life that you have not completed yet. And there is something in this moment that God wants to remind you that where you're, don't give up, don't give up, trust him, endure, and know that he is who he says he is. He said, I will bless thee and I will multiply you and your seeds shall, your seeds shall be like the stars in the earth and like the sand on the seashores. He said, I will bless you, I will bless you because of what you've done. And I've been talking to you over the last few weeks about 
the legacies that we leave and the decisions that we make that can bless our children and our grandchildren and our descendants that we won't ever see if the Lord tarries. And I want to tell you today that because of Abram, when you look at Moses in the Red Sea, Exodus 14 happened because Genesis 12 happened. Because there was a promise, because there was a call, God's faithfulness is to his word. He cannot void his word. He will do it. But for your children and your children's children. So I want to invite everyone in this place to close your eyes. Bow your heads for just a moment. If you're in this place today, if you honor us with your presence and you've never made a decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. And on this day, you say, God, my soul, my heart says yes. My heart says yes to who you are. I'd like you to raise your hand wherever you're at. You can let us know in the chat. We want to pray with you collectively. We want to pray with you together. So I want to invite everyone to please repeat after me. Lord, I admit I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord Savior and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning. I want to pray with you. believe God for what he wants to do in your life whatever you need and whatever you wherever you find yourself whatever need there is on the inside Jesus can satisfy and Jesus can fill Jesus when when words fell his word doesn't. His word says that the, the Lord sent forth his word and there was healing in the land. His word can heal you today. His word can find you today through the vast circumstances and through what you find yourself. And his word can find you right where you're at. So right where you're at right now, I invite you to close your eyes. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who knows our present conditions. You know the questions in our hearts. You know the frustrations, the challenges that we're facing. You know, God, better than anyone, the emotions that we're battling in this particular moment, God. And we trust that your word would 
minister to each need. That your word would minister to each heart. That your, minister, that your word would minister to the spirit that is wounded and the heart that is broken. We pray that your word right now would bring encouragement. That it would bring restoration. That it would bring a hope that is only found in you. You are, you are our hope. Our eyes are set on you. God, I thank you for things that you're calling us to be. For the greatness that you have called on our lives. That while we're not there yet, God, I thank you that there is a call on our lives to be able to obtain it. God, right now, I pray that your word would be made life in each of our hearts, in each of our spirits, in each of our minds. We thank you. We thank you for being a God who meets us right where we're at. We're grateful, God, that in the middle where we find ourselves right now, you are a God that sustains us. You're a God that preserves us. You're a God that holds us together. When we feel like it's all crumbling down, you are a God that can hold it together. I'm grateful, God, that this morning you are a God that, are, that is holding us together. God, you can hold together through whatever circumstance and whatever situation we find ourselves right now. God, I pray. I pray your power. I pray your healing. I pray your goodness. I pray your favor. I pray your grace. I declare it right now. I declare it right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to invite all the fathers to come at this moment. I want to pray for all the dads in this place. God has called us to lead our homes. And there is an incredible responsibility over our hearts, over our lives. But we also know this, that if God calls us to it, he will sustain us through it. At times it's hard because it feels like there's nobody that we can connect to. Being pulled in one direction at work, come home and being pulled in another different direction, challenges and obstacles that present themselves. But there is a grace and there's favor that's placed over your life to do the purpose that God has called you to do. And we're going to pray strength over your life this morning. We honor you and we're grateful for who you are, not only to your families, but in this church family. You play an integral role and a valuable role. And we, we honor you today. We, we're grateful for men who stand up for God. We're grateful for men who stand up and say, as for me and my house, 
As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Society says one thing, culture says one thing, but I'm grateful for men that say we will come to the house of the Lord. We will serve him. We will not compromise our values. We will not compromise our beliefs. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you that while everything is not perfect, that while we are still works in your hands, that while we're still being worked on, God, we thank you for the grace that you've deposited in our lives. I thank you for every father that is here today. I thank you for every dad that is here today, God. I thank you for their work. I thank you for their perseverance. I thank you for their, your, their commitment, and I thank you for their dedication. God, and I pray right now for strength that comes from your throne and your throne alone. I pray for the grace that comes from you and from you alone. I pray right now for the perseverance that only comes from you. God, right now, deposit in them strength physically, emotionally, spiritually. God, right now, deposit in them what they are needing. God, I pray that for the different needs that are presented here today, that for the different needs that are represented in this altar right now, God, that you would make a way, that you would show yourself strong, that you would provide, that we would lean on you, God, that while there is a responsibility on our shoulders, to provide and to be a leader, God, that we in turn would look to you and that you would guide us, that you would direct us, that you would lead us, that you would be our guide, that you would be our provider, that you would be what we need. We thank you, God, for a refreshing, a time of refreshing in your spirit. We thank you, God, and we declare we declare your protection. We declare that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and you delight in this way. We declare the very best of heaven over their lives, over their families, over their careers, over their businesses. God, we declare your very best over them in Jesus, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.